back again with another episode of the CBB Central Podcast. Another almost two-week absence. We apologize, but just with the way that the news was cycling, it just didn't seem to make sense to do a draft decisions podcast that was going to be obsolete by the time it hit podcast apps the next morning. So here we are one day or one week later as everything is kind of settled in and we probably have like 15 players at most that are like impactful needle moving transfers left on the board. Maybe Joey less. Baker's still out there. Ray Baker is still out there. Pete Nance is still out there. Keon, uh, Keon Brooks came off the board today. Isaiah Mosley off the board today. Um, presumably we'll have more of those. And obviously you can get some reclasses over the summer. You get some late movement here and there, but you know, we, we are, we are getting close to roster set time to the point where I now have depth charts. We talked about this a little bit last year, Brad, but both of us like to put together kind of projected rotations, projected depth charts for most of the relevant teams in college basketball. So all the high majors, some of the Goodman major leagues, the Goodman major teams, just so we have a better sense of it. I know it was really, really helpful for me as I did some of the work that I do in the preseason, the interviews and things like that, um, just to have a sense of, you know, be able to pull up any, any time and say, oh, yeah, you know, like Oklahoma State could use a shooter. You know, they're, they're a little short on this. You know, Texas has got a good group, you know, what have you. So uh, I was able to get a lot of that done in the past week, which is good. I have a way too early top 25 or not even way too early, just too early top 25 coming out soon, sooner rather than later, hopefully. Um, and uh, lot, lots to look forward to. But uh, Brad, I think we'll we'll start with the draft decisions. And I think we can start with the winners and losers. I put them down for SI. So uh, I encourage you to check out that piece. But I think that's a good way for us to jump off is talk about those winners and losers. Uh, and then we can kind of go into some of the other decisions that were maybe slightly less impactful uh, and, and some of the stuff that's still moving around portal things and stuff of that nature. So, uh, I mean, first, I mean, hard to have had a better week draft decision wise than Gonzaga had um, getting Drew Timmy back, getting Julian Strother back, getting Rashir Bolton back and adding Malachi Smith, the transfer from Chattanooga. Uh, you know, it, you, and I think that at one point this offseason, Brad, I think we 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 kind of said, like, look, if they lost Strother and Timmy, this could be, like, not a great Gonzaga team. Like, it'll be a good team and make the NCAA tournament, probably a top five. But, you know, like, certainly not like the nationally relevant uh, Gonzaga we've seen the last couple of years. And <laughs> between Smith uh, and then getting all these guys back, obviously, uh, that will not be the case. And I think there's a pretty strong case to be made for Gonzaga as the number one overall team in the country in the preseason. Once again, you make maybe a case for North Carolina, maybe a case for Houston. I've seen, I think the athletic has Kentucky. Like there's a good variety right now, which is I think great for the sport. Um, but I think there's a pretty strong case to be made uh, for the Zags at this point. It's interesting because a lot of these teams early in the off season, you're looking at them and you hear something like, Razier Bolton's not expected to come back. And you're like, where is he going? And a lot of teams, those guys actually left. Gonzaga gets Bolton back, which is which is huge. And you know, you can you can quibble with how good he is, but in a sport like college basketball, where there's so much turnover and every team, almost every team loses their best player, and most teams lose multiple of their best players, right? Their top three players, four players, to get a a starter back like that for his fifth year or sixth year, whatever year he's in. And as, as productive as he is, I mean, that's, that's huge. I and mean, look, Rogier, was, probably not going to shoot 46% from three like he did this past season, but he was like really good. Like he, he averaged 11 points, three rebounds, two assists. 
He took care of the basketball. He got 46% from three and 50% from the field. Like he was, he was excellent. Like, again, like, is he your best player? No. Like the whole val the, the whole reason he became such a great player for Gonzaga this past season was the fact that he was like their fourth best player, but he's a damn good fourth best player. And he might still be their fourth best, fourth right. best player. I mean, Strother was someone who maybe he gets drafted. Maybe he doesn't. I think, I think anyone on the fringe like that, should have been coming back to school, no question. Um, between the NIL stuff and the fact that the NBA is, is in a point where these project guys are not getting a long leash. You know, the minute you the, the, the NBA team needs to clear a roster spot or needs to throw some salary filler in a trade, it's it's the project guys who are, who are being thrown in. Um, so it, it, it's, it's not always the best... Uh, Best for your long-term prospects to just jump in the water without putting your best foot forward in terms of maximizing your stock. So it's a good thing to see Strother back. And then to me, you know, there was a what? What more does he have to gain in college basketball? But it's get you know get gets to play on TV. He 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 was not going to get drafted. He wasn't going to you know maybe he would have gotten a two-way or something. But um, he'll be one of the faces of college basketball, one of the best players in the country. And Gonzaga should be. Right up there again. I know a lot of people are, uh, oh, here we go again with Gonzaga. But, you know, it's te- teams can't can't get over the hump until they do. See it time and time again. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I understand the kind of like this again mentality just because, again, e- even if they were winning championships, you would kind of just be like, why are we, you know, like, Gonzaga's number one every year. I mean, they started and finished number one in Ken Palm in the last two seasons, I believe. Um and they were arguably the best team in the country the year before. I think Kansas, I think most people would agree, was probably the best team in the country, but they were right in that mix. And, you know, before that, they went to a championship game in 2017. And uh, I think had a one seed in either 18 or 19, if I'm not mistaken. I have to pull the sheet. But, like, again, the, the point stands that, uh, you know, it, it is a little bit tiring just to have them there. But, like, look, they're going to be really, really good. I, I think – you know, with regards to Timmy, one thing I will say, and I've mentioned this a couple of times in different articles, Timmy shot the ball really well at the combine. Like, you know, is he ever going to be like a like a like a big time shooter? Probably not. Is he even he's not going to be Luca Garza? I don't even think. But like, he was catching and shooting pretty confidently, and I, and I, I kind of think that if he does that this year, they're going to be even tougher to stop. First off, because you could at least in a pinch play him and Efton Reed together because Efton Reed's the biggest loser in this whole conversation, right? I mean, cause you already have Anton Watson. who's like a good backup center, a good, you know, play the four, could play the five. Um, you know, you brought in Efton, I think it's, it's Timmy insurance. And now Tim, now Efton's kind of stuck on the side of the road. Like, what am I doing here? What am I going to, what's my role? I mean, Efton so can they, shoot the ball better than Watson though, right? Yes, but he's not like a three point spacer. He's like a mid range spacer. And Watson's got ball, got better, I think, playmaking and like ball handling skills. Maybe part of the sell of Timmy coming back was he could play power forward. Maybe maybe run some four or five pick and rolls. I, I do not think that uh, Mr. Timmy is going to be initiating any ball screens. Whatever happened to the uh, Kofi Coburn playing more on the perimeter? Oh last man, year? that was real. The Gavoni that doesn't get me started. Um, let him loose. You got, got a lot of shoot. Uh, but, I mean, but nothing's think, ever going to beat the uh, Theo John Jace Johnson frontcourt, but right. but I think but I think Tim Timmy's made like eight career threes at Gonzaga, and he made six of them in two days at the combine, like in the run of play, in like 45 minutes of game action. 
So like, you know, if, if, if he makes 25 threes next year, he's going to be even harder to stop than he already is. Because you saw a lot of teams this year when he catches the rubber, would just give him pad and he would just dribble into a handoff or he would drive. And he was very good at, you know, ripping through and, and getting to the cup and, and scoring, you know, over either shoulder. But like, again, I, I, if he's able to pop, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to beat. And, and I think when you have Bolton, who's a good shooter, you have Strauss, who's a good shooter. You could be playing a lot of four guard looks if you play Hickman and Sal- uh, Hickman and Strother together, or if you bring Salison, you let him play kind of like a small ball four. And there's there's a lot of options here with these lineups. I, I do think there might still be an outgoing move at some point, right? It makes too much I think sense. Two, yeah. Right. It makes too much sense for someone like Dom Harris or Hunter Salas to just walk, right? I mean, look, and I don't I don't I don't want to put like rumors out there because I don't know what the deal is with these kids. So I don't know. This is not me reporting anything. This is just like like easy speculation Hunter Salas is not really going to play anymore on paper. Dom Harris is certainly not going to play on paper. Uh, both of them were recruited to Gonzaga when Tommy Lloyd was the head coach or the top assistant at Gonzaga. Do you want to know what Tommy Lloyd really needs right now? Guards, wings. They got nothing. They, their backcourt is, is really thin and they have four scholarships. Like it, like it makes all the sense in the world for one of those, maybe even two of them to just pop to Arizona and, and fill in those spots. Again, what happened? I don't know, but yeah, you know, like all of a sudden this is crowded, but you know, something, you know, a lineup like, you know, Hickman, Smith, Bolton and Smith being big enough. He can kind of guard, guard wings, uh, Strother at the four. And then Timmy, you could play bigger with three guards than Watson at the four and Timmy, like you mentioned, maybe you go Reed and Timmy four or five together there's a lot of options here lineup wise. I, I do think having Smith decreases the pressure a little bit on Hickman to be great. I think a lot of people expect him to be very good. I just don't think it's necessarily fair to keep the pressure of being one of the best point guards in the country on him. Um, I do think people have kind of lost the plot on a lot of these transfers. Again, Malachi Smith is a very good player. Like I think it's is a great fit for him because he won't be exposed athletically. He's not like a burst guy. He's more of like a bigger, bigger, more physical athlete. Um, but like, like we're act, like Malachi Smith is not like he, he he's not an NBA player. Is he a top 100 player in college basketball? Yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, look, he averaged 26 and three on 50, 40, 80 at Chattanooga. Like that's like, like, like say what we want about the mid-major versus high-major guys. Like that's like pretty impressive. But like the idea that like, like like I had I had someone not even a Gonzaga fan in my like mention saying he was better than Caleb Love. It's like folks, like what what are we doing? Like, I mean, couldn't couldn't he draw some similarities to Devonte Jones, Michigan, and you know from from, from coastal Carolina to Michigan and some work in Marion some Jackson? Right? Yeah, but but there like also Arizona there State. are winning examples too, right? Mike Smith is a, is a winning example, for instance. Mike, he, he was a winner, but he was not a top 100 player in college basketball. No. But, but look, look, like, look, like, would Deluxe Aaron Cook be a win for Malachi Smith? For Gonzaga? The Aaron Cook that Gonzaga had? Like, like that production? Or, or, or Jordan? Or like, uh, I mean, the level of play. I mean, Aaron Cook was, like, a legitimately useful player for them. He, I know he didn't score, but, like... 
That was, like, yeah, if yeah. Malachi Smith is deluxe Aaron Cook, so he's like seven points a game, like seven, three, and two, is that like do you, do you sign for that? Yeah, but that's not top 100 player in the sport. No, like, no, no. That, I'm not, that, that'll help. No, there's, I'm not. I'm not saying. There's I'm a not difference saying, between, I think between reaching expectations that. and being a positive impact guy. Right. I had this uh, conversation all the time about AJ Reeves. You know, was he? You know, did did he provide the top 50 recruit first round NBA draft pick production? No, but he was not bad. He averaged double figures or close to it every year. He shot the ball well. But he, but he, he, he did not live up to expectations, but he also wasn't bad, right? I, I, I think Malachi Smith probably would, you know, most of these mid-major high-volume transfers are, are going to fall into that category where, no, I thought they were going to be a lot better, but they were still a positive influence. Right. Uh, yeah, like, I, I guess I'm just, like, trying to, like, measure, like, what, expectation should be right like if if malachi smith is like substantively better than aaron cook was then gonzaga is like that's like a huge win where he could start he could come off the bench he like makes a makes a like he 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 helps your team when he's on the floor he's veteran he's a veteran he can you know guard like i i think again i think malachi is better than that but i'm just saying like your first expectation setting here i mean that's like the expectations we have for like Hassan Giara, you know. I know. Which is unfair. Um, and then yeah, just on on the outgoing transfers, let's send Hunter Salas to to, to Arizona or Purdue, um, and let's send Anton Watson or Efton Reed to Maryland. How's that sound? Maryland, Maryland, he's a big. Florida would like a big. I mean, Florida doesn't need a big. Florida's working. You're drinking this Kool Aid that they that they want everybody to. They want two bigs. That's what I'm telling you. We all want two bigs, but we don't. They want to play two bigs. two bigs. They like playing two bigs. They played two bigs last year. It's part of the system. Look at that roster. They don't need two bigs. They got like CJ Felder at the at the four all year. Well, you can do Al- Alex Fudge. Yeah, it's true. You can do Will Fudge. Richard, Niles Lane. <laughs> they have a million. Dollars. I don't think I don't think Niles Lane's getting a lot of run for the Gators this year. I think he should have been with the glue guys. I think Big Niles should have been on a uh, on like a boat down to VCU. Take a cruise ship up to up to Norfolk or Richmond or wherever it is. I mean, um, wing, wings who who are glue guys, you know, they can find a way in. Yes, I I do agree though. As as the current construction of this I, roster, I, don't, I, I based I'd on say, the rec- right, you look at the yeah. recruiting, you're like, okay, like they kept taking guys who Niles Lane could have done that. So like, why are they? You know, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Um, Gonzaga, I think we both agree is probably like a legitimate like number one contender. I'm going to probably have them number one unless North Carolina gets Pete Nance. Um, how do you feel about the Zags right now, Brad, just before we move on? I mean, I obviously love the roster. They got the star power. They got some potential NBA pop. They have a lot of depth, a lot of high recruits. I love in terms of the rankings and why, you know, part of the reason why they're always so good in the analytics is they, they cannot lose two thirds of their games. It just cannot happen. They are just too talented. The guys who are coming off the bench for garbage time are, like, on another level of, like, the garbage time guys at Loyola Marymount and Pacific. That they, They're just going to crush the analytics. Well, I was going to point this out. I think I was talking to WCC coach about this. Like, 
The Embarrassment of Riches. Ben Gregg, Caden Perry, Braden Huff. Those guys like have no chance of really being in the rotation this year. I think Huff will redshirt. Right. But um, regardless. And, and those, if those, one of those, those bigs leaves. So, so those three guys, if 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 any of them hit the portal right now, I mean, Braden's a freshman, but if any of those guys were in the portal right now, especially considering where, what the big market is right now with Mooney, Mooney or Hema and Mikey Hen and these guys getting you know high major spots, there's zero doubt that these guys would be going Pac-12, like good Pac-12. I mean, or right, like anyone like, who, like, who needs like a bit, San yeah. San Francisco and Loyola Marymount could not even like get on the phone with Ben Gregg if Ben Gregg at the portal right now, and Ben Gregg I mean, can't play. Like, Mikey Hen is like 30 years old. He's never averaged double <laughs> figures, and he's going to Penn State. I actually like the move because like the, the uh, dude's just he's not ready for the real world. He, he's a smart guy in uh, that respect. Seventh <laughs> I saw, year. I saw that's, someone. That's co- just I saw so someone, cool. I saw Shoot someone lights out. Someone quote tweeted a like another seventh year kid. I think it was Grandison. He's not he's not a seven. He's a six. With just like LinkedIn.com backslash jobs guide. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Entry level jobs are are, are not. There's there's no way that an entry level job is more fun than playing power six college basketball. I just don't like. I, I'm curious what Mike Mikey Ann is pursuing educationally, because he's grad transferred twice already. Does he have multiple master's degrees already? Like, is he getting a doctorate from Penn State? Like, what's the plan here? Are we getting, like, a certificate? I think he's just loading know. up. Yeah. yeah, just hanging out. All right, let's move on. Uh, from Gonzaga to Kansas, the other, like, I think winner of decision season. That's, like, pretty obvious. I mean, obviously. You Christian can quibble Brown, with uh, Christian Brown, but right. Christian Brown will definitely get drafted. Christian Brown will definitely get drafted. I think probably be a top 40 pick. Yeah. Um, you know, again, there was there was some like understanding that he was gonna go. I think there was a reason you could talk yourself into him coming back just because like Ochai did it last year in the pretty much the same position. Um but he's gonna get drafted, he just won a national championship, it's hard to blame him. Um but they get McCullough and they get Jalen Wilson back. Um and I think that that's enough to set them up relatively well. They're still gonna have, I think, some question marks in terms of, you know, losing the amount of scoring pop they lose. And having a point guard like Dewan Harris, I think, is concerning. Um, to you know, when you're talking about being a top five, top seven team, uh, to to not have that like dynamic ball, shot creator, and then also have like the like an experience in the wings that they're gonna have. Um, Jalen Wilson is not like an explosive vertical athlete. He's not a guy that you're gonna want to you know ask to score 17, 18 points a game. Uh, McCuller, same thing, obviously. Um, you know, Grady Dick is a good player. I, I've seen him play at Under Armour uh, last summer. I think he's a, you know, I think he's a good recruit. I think he'll be an immediately, immediately productive. I think there are some similarities to Christian Brown, uh, and not just because they're white. Um, but you know, I, I think when you're when you're saying, okay, this team doesn't necessarily have a dominant front court presence. Um, you know, maybe Ernest Uday can give them some of that, but obviously, like Zach Clements, those types of guys aren't dominant front court presences. You don't have a, you know. <coughs> elite point guard uh and you know your your wings are are not necessarily dynamic scorers do you do you worry about that but at the end of the day i think they have they have good pieces they're you know well coached obviously Bill self the floor is as high as it gets uh and they actually have some talent i mean this is the first time in a while that kansas has brought in the recruits you know multiple recruits of the caliber of grady dick and mj rice and ernest Uday. Who do you think ends up as the starting center 
Uh, right, because you have Clements gives you a lot of skill. KJ Adams is like the new school, just like athletic, versatile, tax the glass, yeah. can guard multiple positions. Uday's the traditional big top 30 recruit. Cam Martin's the 60 year senior. Go small with Jalen Wilson. How do you see the center position figuring out? I think I think Ernest is the starter. Um, just because I just I think he fits like the traditional uh, self big man mold the best. Like I, I just don't think that they're gonna run out like KJ Adams because you're not gonna throw it to him on the block. I think you want to be able to throw it to a big man on the block. So uh, I would lean him. I, I think again the team the thing the thing that you value with this roster is the the de- the quality depth and all the the options, right? I think you know maybe someone like Yesfu could break out in year two. Bobby Pettiford, I think is a guy that. You know, certainly Bill Self has spoken very highly of, you know, I think has a chance to have a very good future there. He could be a guy that helps them score the basketball. You mentioned Adams. I think it's a really nice piece going forward. I think, you know, Dick and Rice are, are, are obviously very good recruits. So, 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 so the quality of depth is really solid and the coaching is great. And the starting five is really solid. So it, it's just at the end of the day, is it, do you have enough dynamism to win a national championship? I'm not sure. But uh, that I think a lot of that depends on someone like Grady Dick and how good he is right away. I mean, a lot of people, and maybe even myself included, uh, would have said that Kansas did not have enough right. dynamism yeah, this year I, I mean, compared I was, I was, to Duke and Gonzaga and Arizona. At the, at the Final Four, I was, uh, you know, it was the Sunday night that didn't play before the championship game. We were, I was talking to a to an agent, and we were talking about kind of the state of things, and we were talking about how good job Bill had, Bill Self had done. And he said, "Look, like I think Kansas is going to win the national championship tomorrow, and I'm not even sure they're any good." And like obviously that's an exaggeration, but like I think there there really is a feel around like the basketball movie like that that Kansas team was never actually that like dominant. They were just really really solid in every way, and it was enough to win a title. Creighton had them on the ropes without Calc Brenner yeah. or Nemhard. It's crazy to think about. But yeah, Kansas will be good. Top ten, maybe even top five. Um, shall we move on to Houston? Another clear winner um, by getting Marcus Sasser back. Obviously. Uh, you know, the hope had been that they were going to add Kenny Lofton. And man, if this team had Kenny Lofton, I would like be in love with them. Like I would consider moving to Houston. Um, Agreed. I think with, with Lofton, I would have put them at number one. Number one, obviously. And then uh, Kyler Edwards is gone, we said. Kyler is gone. But, you know, again, I mean, a, a Jamal Shedd, Marcus Sasser, one, two is just filthy. I mean, Shedd was so good last year down the stretch. He plays with tremendous pace. He plays you know, downhill at all times. He really defends the point of attack. I think his presence will help Sasser uh, tremendously because it doesn't force Sasser to be on the ball all the time. It lets him hunt shots, and I think that will be really good for him. And then you have Traymond Mark at the three. You know, you have Jarris Walker starting at the four, who's tremendous, and I think will be a great fit for Kelvin Sampson because of his motor and his athleticism. I mean, he, I think he has an opportunity to dominate the glass. You've got, you know, kind of the Samson mold, big men, guys who aren't necessarily superstars, but, um, you know, can play really hard. At some point, like, with what he got out of Josh Carlton, I've stopped kind of questioning it. Like, you know, for all I'm, for as far as I'm concerned, the next guy will step up, the Reggie Chaney's, so, you know, the next down the line. Um, they've got quality depth with, you know, Miley Wilson coming in from Texas Tech, who I think will be able will be a playable piece for them defensively in particular. And they've got some upside with a guy like Terrence Arsenault, who is one of the best players in UIBL this past year. Like I think he has a chance to to impact things as a freshman, as in addition to Jarris. So 
uh, Sasser's coming back was huge. I think obviously he was hoping he could get into the first round and just, just wasn't going to happen with the lack of tape. Uh, so I think there's just, yeah, you know, I think there was value for him in coming back, being the star player on a top five team, um, being one of the faces of college basketball, getting a chance to work your way into the first round. If nothing else, making a lot of money on NIL, your stock's not going to drop. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad this, this was one of those moves that like you just really felt needed to happen. Absolutely. And we'll see if they can add another front court piece. If not, Ton left in terms of transfers, but we do have U18 starts tonight. I mean, I'm sure people will be picking through those rosters for for, for some late ads. Yes. The I, international do think, teams, I do think, like, the older guys are really the more valuable thing for... For, for, for Houston, because right. for their bigs, they, they want big, strong offensive Athletic, rebounders. Yeah. Yes. So, so they want the 23-year-old, not the 18-year-old from Finland. No, they, they don't really get a ton out of that. Um, I mean, Houston, right. I mean, th- their front court right now is Jaywan Roberts, Reggie Chaney. Um, Jairus Walker. Jairus, Javier Francis, and uh, Arsenault, if you play him at the four. Francis was top 150, and he was super young for his class, and that's why he redshirted. Right. Uh, but Jalen Roberts was like really, really impactful on the glass at times. He's, last year. he's a terrific rebounder. Right, rebounder. I can't do anything he's else. He's small. That's his thing. Yeah. Right. So if you're playing with Jarris, does it work? I mean, I don't care at some point. Like, if you want to post up Houston, that's fine because they're going to double post every time. So it's not like the height is not an issue. I mean, it, it, it'll work, but it won't get you the same thing as like what Kenny Lofton or J- Josh Carl. Josh Carl. That's say. true, but I don't think you were going to play. I think if you're going to play this one of the blocks, it's going to be Jarris. Even though I don't think Jarris is like a post player. Good points. Um, Stanford. This was yeah, Stanford out of nowhere. I, I was very surprised that Harrison Ingram came back, and not because I didn't think Harrison Ingram was going. I, not because I thought like Harrison had a great chance of getting drafted or like was going to be in like a great position. Um, I would be like I like I said I, I would have been surprised if he got drafted. Quite frankly, um, but. You know, the opportunity, to get, especially for a hot seat coach to get a five star recruit back for year two, um, who wasn't terrible. Right. Like, again, he was inefficient, like he had his struggles, but you know, he averaged like 11, eight and three. And he shot. You know, 32 percent from three and made 36 of them. So, you know, it gives you a puncher's chance. Like, do I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team? No, but, you know. There, there are like a lot of these rosters. I, I look at this and I say, okay, well, Michael O'Connell, Mike Jones, Spencer Jones, Harrison Ingram, and then whoever they're five. James Keith. Really weak, yeah. Which is a weak position for them. Um, that's probably not a tournament team, but like, hey, if Harrison Ingram breaks out and Michael O'Connell takes the step, then maybe it is. So if nothing else, it gives you a good chance to make the NIT and, and be competitive and not be near the bottom of the list. I mean, Ingram has a chance to be one of the best players in the country. I know I, I saw people in draft Twitter saying that he had some, like, crazy, horrible stretch, uh, I think, toward, toward the end of the year where he was just horrendous. But uh, we've we've seen him at U19. We've seen his pedigree. His style of play is very conducive to modern basketball where he can play multiple positions. He can pass, he can handle the ball. Um, I will say it's less conducive to playing on a team with mediocre talent around him. You know what I mean? But they'll – They'll have a lot of shooting around him with Michael Jones, Spencer Jones. Yeah, Mike, but, Mike Jones is a good ad. Really good shooter. 
Right. Again, at the end of the day, it's a top 20 recruit who is the rookie of the year in the Pac-12, and we're acting like, oh, yeah, he stunk. And then – So Harrison Ingram from uh, February 17th through March 9th. So, like, they had a – that was a six-game stretch before their last game of the year. The last game of the year was fine. Uh, he averaged – Five points, seven rebounds, and three assists, and shot twenty-one percent from the field. So, I mean, and then other, a lot than of that, other recruits year. on the Stanford team have have good pedigrees. O'Connell should be a nice fit next to a wing who can handle the ball like Ingram. So, I, I think the roster's coming together. I think talent-wise, they're probably a little short. Uh, when I was thinking through Pac-12 teams earlier, not a lot of talent there. No. Seems like it would be a down year for the Pac-12, but. Maybe that's an opportunity for Stanford to jump up, but talent might be a little short for NCAA tournament, but I think the the fit looks solid and they should have star power. Agreed. Um, then my final winner, and there were a bunch you could have kind of picked through once you got through those big three or four. Um, my final winner was Miami, just getting Isaiah Wong back. Um, expected, but, you know, finalizes what I think is a pretty good, good roster. They've got a core four of uh, Pack Wong, Miller and Omir, which is pretty good. And then, you know, a, a good kind of collection of former, you know, highly regarded recruits and proven rotation guys. You know, Bensley Joseph gave him some minutes down the stretch last year. Wuga Poplar uh, was in the mix. Uh, Anthony Walker's been around. Harlan Beverly didn't really play last year, but he was, um, you know, an impactful guy as, as a sophomore when they were really bad. Um, you know, they've got guys like Christian Watson and Kai Robinson who haven't played basketball, who haven't played, haven't played college basketball yet, but are talented. So, you know, another guy that, like, you never know, but probably should have been back, given he didn't get G League even, which was surprising to me. Um, but, you know, 15-4-2 and two guy who could be, you know, 17-5-3 17, 17, as a senior. Four-year guy. Miami, I'm thinking, like, top 30-ish, top 35-ish. Yeah, I'm not, like... I wouldn't I wouldn't fight you if you had him at the top twenty five. I think you know, you maybe question is pack a point guard, do they have a point guard? Just you know, how good is Omir? We'll see. I think I think he'll be legit. Pack and Wong in the backcourt is the least of their worries. That's Correct. that's that's their strength, is two guards who can create yeah. score at all three levels. And Miller's good and Omir can play down low. So yeah, I mean I, I would have no objections to that. Um some of the losers. Duke. Duke is a loser, yes. Uh, Think about it. They got Trevor Keels back. They would have had Roach and Keels back from that team in the the backcourt. Two guys who can, you know, obviously very different from the Wong and Pack backcourt. They have have more size and more athleticism, more strength and stuff. But um, those would be two of the best guards in the country. Yes. And and I don't think Keels is a first-rounder. I mean, maybe he could be, but. Um, I think there's a good chance he winds up in the first round. And now they're 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 replacing Keels with Tyrese Proctor, who reclassified up. Um, and I don't know a ton about his game. I know he's a five star, obviously. Uh, I believe he's a shooter. So he can, he, he does shoot the ball well. Yes. So he'll fit he nicely with Roach and Whitehead and Lively and Filipowski. Um, there's there's a lot of skill here. I lo- I love the steps that Roach took. Toward the end of the year, I think, he, again, he could be one of the best players in college basketball. Um, and they have three of the top four recruits in the country. They had some nice veterans off the bench. It's just, I mean, if, if Keels came back, I think I would have put Duke number one. Now I think 
I, I, I wouldn't call you crazy if you put Duke number one, but I think I would it's a not little, little too rich for my blood. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously losing kills. I think, I think for him, he was one of the guys where he would have gotten some benefit out of coming back because he was one of the younger players in the class because he was in such a complimentary role this past season. You know, become more of a featured option, being a role that really fits. You know, with these really good bigs with a good wing who can play make with a true point guard and Roach. I, I think all of those things made sense for heels to come back. But at the end of the day, when you're going to be a first rounder or at worst, I think a top 40 pick, it's hard to walk away from. And so I, don't, I certainly don't fault him. Proctor taking Proctor on the reclass was an interesting decision. I mean, obviously he's good enough, you know, obviously on paper to play, but number one, if this is an opportunity cost with a transfer, and I get there's not a ton out there, but like, 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 let me frame it this way. Would you rather have taken Courtney Ramey or Tyrese Proctor? That's an interesting question. I, I mean, think knowing I, that I you're getting I would, Proctor I would next year, have Ramey. right? I mean, Ramey, Ramey's a proven starter. Look, the, the history here with the reclassified combo guards and point guards is really bad. Christian Lander, like, Christian Lander, Derek Thornton. Um, there's a bunch of them if you go back through. I mean. There have been, you know, Duke's had some success with guys like Bagley coming up early. Bagley was older. I know, I think Tyrese Proctor's a little bit on the older side too, but, you know, the history here with these reclassed point guards being like thrust into big roles is really pretty shaky. So to me, I mean, if you could get a Ramey, could you get a Grandison? And they, they, they do still have two scholarships. So like we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't write off that they are. But if this is a true kind of, okay, our move was Tyrese Proctor instead of Grandison, instead of, Ramey instead of all these guys I I don't know that I would love that decision from like a calculus standpoint particularly for a team that's so young right you're starting three three freshmen at minimum um Proctor would be your fourth you know Mark Mitchell's gonna play a lot he's probably your sixth man he's another freshman um you know shoot could be in the rotation he's a freshman like you know this, this is just a very young team and so the and what was AJ Green thinking I mean, sometimes you just want to be done with college basketball. He's played his, played his college hoop. He's moving on to the pros. Might get a two-way. No. He thinks he can get a two-way. I I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, someone come like AJ. He could have been the starting two guard, shoot the ball, yeah. handle the ball a little bit, be on national TV. Probably get a decent NIL package, you'd think. Iowa State, in. too. I mean, I'm sure we've gotten plenty of NIL from Iowa State. Yeah. But that's that. Uh, Arkansas lost Jalen Williams officially. I think this has been trend- this has been trending this way for all of May. So not a surprise necessarily. But I think still when you map it out, um, disappointing for Arkansas. They do have a good mix of, of guys in the front court with the you know with the two Mitchell twins with Jalen Graham with Trayvon Brazil like they've they've brought in dudes who can you know fill in even Kamani Johnson who got minutes last year behind uh, Trey Wade they, they've gotten guys in who can fill in at that four and the five spot but um, you know Jalen was really impactful because he you know was really smart um, a very different player but I do wonder if there are some comparisons to Alabama losing Herb Jones in that Jalen Williams's instincts and his ability to see the game and obviously his ability one-on-one defensively and the ability to take charges. But I think like his instincts and his five on five feel hurts them the way that losing Herb Jones hurt Alabama from a like team IQ standpoint. Like, I think that's something that worries me with losing Jalen Williams, but 
again, another guy who is good. You, you could have made a case come back, you know, make, you know, guaranteed money still has multiple years left. Um, NIL, I'm sure it'll be great in Fayetteville, but he's ready to move on. I think he'll get drafted. So good for him. I do think it sets up, you know, now that, now that the roster comes into, into focus, some opportunities here, right? I mean, they, they have three centers on the roster with Mikel Mitchell, Makai Mitchell, and Jalen Graham. But I, I would not be surprised if, particularly by midseason, we wind up seeing a good amount of Trey Ronbers deal at the small ball five. Like I mean, Muss, was, is, Muss is not opposed to that like style of play, obviously. He had a 10% block rate as a freshman, and he could stretch the floor. I mean, that's very intriguing. He's very tall. He's like... 6'9", he was a late stack riser. ton of interest is transferred despite middling numbers on a very bad Missouri team. A lot of people like him as a, if, if not a breakout this year, a breakout eventually. I mean, he was, he was pretty productive, like in the SEC, against, you know, uh, good teams, right? I mean, like, like, like go through. Final game of the season, he had 15 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals against LSU. Uh, yeah, but like um, some of these transfers like Nigel Pack and Kevin McCuller and Kenny Lofton. Right, but but Trayvon Brazil was a freshman. It's a it's 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 not a it's not a proven play. It's like a, the proven play here is Ricky Council that they took. Were, were you surprised that Jordan Walsh didn't make a U18? I don't know. I mean, Nick Smith bounced. I, I wonder if it was yeah. just kind of like everybody wants to. Get the get the campus early, take a ride on the must bus. Anthony Black's playing. Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, I mean, like this this team is built like Kentucky teams and Duke teams in the past. Three five star burger boys who are probably going to start in Smith, Black, and Walsh. Maybe Walsh falls out of the uh, out of the starting group, but he'll be in there. Obviously, rookie Council, who I think has a lot of potential in that you know combo forward role that we've seen so many guys thrive in from us. And then this collection of centers. I mean, this is a good talent, very talented team. Nick Smith could be the best NBA prospect in college next year. He's really, really good. Uh, they're going to need it. Uh, but I think this is a team with, you know, top five to ten potential still. Who's next for losers? Uh, Arizona quickly with Dalen Terry. Oh, man. This, this, was, this was a bad uh, – Terry. Bad for college if, basketball. If he came back, he could have been like a lottery because you need buzz. You can't go when you have a little buzz. But he buzz. created a lot buzz. of buzz. He has buzz now. That's no, he has, he has a little bit of buzz. No, he, he's he got re- – everybody in NBA loves him. Like his like energy, his spirit, everything's great apparently. You can't just pop up in in March or April with buzz. You need year-long buzz. That's what Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis and Jay Nivey did. That's they true. could have all gone last year and been in the same position that Terry is now. I do think Dale and Terry has a good chance of being like 22 in this draft. I mean, I I love his game. He's multi-positional. I think the fact that he was like the fourth or fifth guy in the starting lineup, um, just in terms of prominence and kind of scoring, um, he was kind of forgot about. And I think if he came back next year and maybe the best player, maybe the second best behind Tabellus, I, I think we would look at him a lot differently as a prospect. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that one of the things that makes him such a good prospect is the fact that he was the fourth or fifth best player. And like, he understands, like he, he, he believes 100% in playing that role. Like he's totally good, you know, distributing, handling the ball, being a defensive Swiss army knife and then making open threes. I mean, he shot 47% from three the second half of the season. 
um, which is a number he pointed out himself to Mike Schmitz and some of the other people in the NBA. Like, yeah, I think it's something that I like. I just think he's like a ready-made role player, so I understand it, especially he's a first-round pick. So, look, Arizona's really thin on the wing right now. First of all, they have four scholarships, and they didn't get Keon Brooks. I don't. That was, that was a sketchy fit anyway. Playing yes, Brooks but is a three. Keon thinks he's a three, so. But, you know, four scholarships, not a ton out there right now. Not, you know, maybe they'll take another international kid. But, you know, this lineup right now is Kirk Risa, Pell Larson. I've got Philip Barovacanon, but it could be Adama Ball, and then Tabellis and Ballo. I mean, obviously, Tabellis and Ballo are great. That's a good front court. Tabellis is a really good player. We talked about there in the season. My kind of love affair with Azul was Tabellis, but, you know. And then there's Henry Visar. Apparently he's a bit away. Um, I just, you know, I, I think my biggest concern with losing Terry, right? Like my biggest like knock knockdown effect of it is Dale and Terry was like a steadying force to this team to help with the more volatile Kirk Risa. Arizona now doesn't have said steadying force. And they also don't have a lot of other guys who are going to command shots. And like, I don't think it's in anyone's best interest that Kirk Reese would take like 13, 14, 15 shots a game. No, but I mean, Larson can can uh, shoot it and he's played with the ball in his hands a little bit. Tabellas can make plays from that four spot. So I think they definitely need that need that starting, starting three, man. Wing. Yeah, starting Whether wing. it's, as, as we were saying, send Hunter Salas down, start Larson, Kreese, and Salas, or if it's pulling some dude off of U18 or however they fill that spot. As long as they get someone who who they think can fill the void, maybe add a little defense on the wing. And it's just hard to know, making. like, what, what is Adama Ball? Like, they just had no need to play him last year. Like, it's, yeah. you, you kind of assume, okay, he must not be that good because he couldn't play. But, like, look, that was a one seed. Like, it's understandable that like, he might not have been able to play, even if he's good. You know, what is – like, Pell Larson didn't play that much on that team. I mean, he was kind of stuck in the stuck in the grinder with Justin Tyre and Dalen Terry and all those guys when he get minutes. and. You know, I think the upside's there. I think there's still a lot of belief that he can be good, but you know, he's not like a pro- he's not necessarily a proven commodity as like an all-conference guy. So that's that's a loss. But you know, good luck, Dalen. I just uh, we, it would have been fun to see him in college basketball for another year. They um, they also have Kylan Boswell who could reclassify. I think he could. I would not be surprised if he does, and that would help. Um, Michigan, they're a loser I, again. I I think this is another one that kind of trended this way for both guys with Diabate and Caleb Houston. And I, I'm not even sure either of those guys were that good last year, like particularly Caleb Houston. But like all of a sudden, this team's lineup is Jalen Llewellyn, Kobe Bufkin, Jet Howard, Terrence Williams, Hunter Dickinson, which is good, but like really needs some help at the two and could probably use some help at the four. I mean, I like Jet Howard. I think he's an interesting prospect. Um People seem to really like his game. And Terrence Williams is fine. He's probably like a fringe starter. But like Kobe Bufkin was really bad last year, and they got two spots. So how do you fill them? Do you feel – you got to hopefully fill at least one of them, right? You know, does someone like Joey Baker fit? I mean, that's – I mean, you can add Joey Baker as like a – why not? Better better than having an empty. But if if both Howards don't count, they they have three spots up. Well, I would think they would have four spots left if neither Howard counts. 
Unless my math is wrong. You have Adrian Nunez on there? No, Adrian's moved to LA. He's done. He's gone? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. He's, 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 he's hung it up. He's TikToking full time now. But yeah, I, uh, this Michigan team with Houston and Giabate has two guys who probably get drafted. Uh, if they were coming back for their sophomore years. You could have made Michigan a case team, why they were the Big Ten favorite. Exactly. That was exactly where I was going. Um, and now the Giabate Dickinson fit wasn't great. Right. Um, but Houston almost assuredly would have shot the ball better this past year and taken a, you know, a step. He, he was a reclassified guy as well, right? Um, yeah, so I mean, like, like, who are the options, right? Like, you have Joey Baker, who I mentioned, like, that's not an upside swing, but like, it's you know, he, he he's capable of playing 20, 25 minutes a game. Um, you have Amani Bates, which like, again, kind of one of those deals where if they wanted it done, you kind of feel like it would be done. But I don't really know Amani's camp. Um, Justin Powell. I think it's a really interesting fit with this roster, but like, is he good? Is he eligible? Like, those are questions worth asking. I'd um, rather have Justin Powell than Joey Baker. I would too, but Joey Baker's a one-year, you know, flush and done. He also had hip surgery. True. Um, who else is out there? Jacob Grandison, great fit. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they need one to two of those type guys. I actually don't like again. I I think if if Jet Howard's good and like if Jalen Llewellyn can play point guard and like you know, like all, all of those things check the box, you, you, you feel okay about this if they had one or two guys. But right now it's an incomplete product and there's a lot of complete products out there, so it's kind of tricky. That's still be a tournament team. I just don't think that they're top 25 right now. But people people really like Kobe Bufkin. People love Jet Howard. Kobe I've been Bufkin was so dreadful last year though. Yeah, freshman. Yeah. Cut, cut him some slack. The the bench too. Uh, I'm I'm not a, a Greg Glenn guy at all. Uh, but Terrace Reed and Doug McDaniel were both like top 60-ish recruits, I think. So yeah. they got some juice coming off the bench too. So. They're they're crouting at a high level right now, no question. All right, last loser, and then we can kind of get to some smaller moves, or you know, I don't know if they're smaller, but other impact, other moves that we didn't hit on. Um. The final loser was unfortunately my Colorado State Rams. Um, I adopt one of my adopted sons, David Roddy. Uh, it is wild to think about Brad. Um, the fact that he's now like a like a surefire or, or close to surefire draft pick. Nothing can you know, be be certain, but I think there's a very good chance he winds up in the you know 30 to 45 range. Um, I thought he was ho- I I I thought I saw he was horrible at the combine. He was not very good at the combine. But I saw that you still like consistently see him in like the 35 to 50 range. In Would you rather have Ron Harper or uh, Roddy? Ron Harper outplayed Roddy at the combine, but Roddy's a better prospect. Roddy's a very good player. But it, it is wild to think back to like February when I went to Fort Collins and like the Roddy train was just starting. And I, I don't mean to like, oh, Kevin started the Roddy hype train. Like I'm, I'm not saying that like, Lots of people have been talking about how great David Roddy is for a long time. Um, but, like, when I wrote that article, you know, I had texted an NBA scout that I know, and I had basically just been like, can you give me a quote on what David is as a pro? Because, you know, Nico had talked about it, and it was just one of those things where it's like, 
you know, that's the next intrigue, right? He's the Mountain West player of the year. He's the best player on a top 30 to 40 team in the country. You know, is he, you know, is he a pro? Like, is he a, does he have a chance to the NBA at six foot five, 250 pounds, turn up at 260, uh, you know, playing like the four, like, like what's his chance? And, you know, that NBA staff said, you know, you, you kind of, if you don't write him off at first glance, the more you watch him, the more you like him. And all of a sudden, you know, Mike Schmitz is at games, Jeremy Wu's at games. He might be a first round pick. The combine stuff hurts him a little bit, but to go from kind of the question mark in early February to now is pretty awesome. And also we'll just say like David was unbelievable to me, like great, great person to be around and like an easy guy to root for. And Nico, I had asked him about him and Stevens and Nico had said, so the extent of like, if your best players are your best people, you know, you're going to be really good. And Isaiah and uh, Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy both were like are unbelievable kids. So no, there's no reason, no wonder why they've been really good. Uh, obviously it's a big blow to them. Um, knocks out of that large kind of picture for next year, unless something really breaks with some of the breakout candidates on their roster, but uh, they need some, they need some pieces here. I really like a four man. I, I think they're involved with Dimitri Reuni from San Francisco. We have nine and six in the 2020, 21 season before kind of falling out of the rotation with Masalski coming in this past season. But um, you know, kind of fill in spots, but still have Stevens, still have Josiah Strong, who they run as a transfer, who can really, really shoot it. Um, Jalen Lake, John Tanjay, and, and they're, you know, really excited about this freshman guard. They have um, Tavy Jackson uh, from the Vegas area who can really, really score. So let's take this team Williams backcourt and then Patrick Cartier up front, the D2 transfer from Hillsdale. Hopefully uh, give them some better minutes than they, they got from Deshaun Thomas a season ago, but uh, could definitely use some help with the four and maybe like a talent swing as well with two scholarships open. Yeah, Colorado State's in a bit, bit of a pickle. A lot of the juice kind of kind of left the building, but well, yeah. and you 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 know you know this as well as anyone, Brad. Like you're in like such a shitty spot when you're recruiting all spring with Roddy in the in the draft, right? Right. Who's truly a 50-50. Because you can't recruit a starting caliber power forward because why would they, you know, why would they come? Because they might not even start. But if it's June 1st, you're completely screwed, right? Like there's no one out there. You know, they can try to get involved with a Jacob Grandison. They could try to get involved, but they don't have a shot with these kids. And, you know, you know, people say, they, oh, I will say it's, it's magnified by an NIL. I mean, Colorado State does not have like a war chest to be going into to compete with a high major and the kids who are out there this late have a lot of leverage. So. Another sneaky loser was Memphis. I think if Quinones came back, I think this team would have been awesome. Now they get Williams back. Um, and he's like, he might be the oldest player in college basketball. Right. But um, they have, they kind of have a hole on the wing too. And like Quinones would have been so perfect. You know, been, Probably the best shooter, best, you know, him, him and Davis in the backcourt scoring the ball. Both guys can, you know, put up at least 12, 13 points a game. In the Kinyones' case, Davis can put up like 20. That would have been a really intriguing Memphis team. I don't know where they go from here either. That was a weird decision. Like I guess he's just like been around for a bit. Muppet's just ready to, ready to move on. Has some 3 and D potential, but... You know, they have some spots to fill. And do you have any K A E takes? K A E. So he's so it 
he he goes by like 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 you if you see him referred to as like KAO like K capital K A O under you know lowercase, uh, and I believe that's pronounced KO. I believe it's KO Dorichi Akabundu Hiyogo. Yes. I mean, look, I'll I'll frame it the best way possible. I've watched him a little bit. I encourage everyone to read over at Heat Check our boy Riley Davis's feature about him. He's like an unbelievable story. He was like working at Home Depot, like walking on an NIIA, and I used to play in Memphis with an NIL bag. Like it's pretty awesome. Um, my 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 kind of take here is he's clearly like unbelievably physically gifted, um, and I think he has a chance to be like a productive presence. But like at the end of the day one should still temper their expectations about a guy who averaged five points a game at Texas Arlington. I mean, they, they have a lot of options at center. I mean, Dandridge has played a lot. Williams can play the five. Chandler Lawson was once a very cool small ball five man. He, he had, he like, like KO had no usage. He had the lowest usage rate on the team at, um, Arlington. but he shot, you know, 64% of the field. He's only taken 14 free throws, but he made 85% of them. So that's good. Catch and dunk it. All right, but he blocked 14% of the shots when he was on the floor. That's obviously very productive. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think of him more as like a, like a change of pace, 15, 10, 15 minutes a game guy. Um, but he'll be very fun. And Kendrick Davis can throw him a lot of lobs. So, right. I think, I think you're right, though. I mean, the concern here is that unless I'm missing something, the extent of their guys who can play one to three on the roster are Kendrick Davis, Elijah McCadden, Alex Lomax, who hasn't decided yet whether he's playing next year. He's got where, where are you going, Alex? Getting a job. Moving on. Not not dealing with slander from Memphis fans <laughs> for another year. Uh, Jonathan Lawson and Jaden Hardaway. Like, that's yep. dreadful. Like, what are we doing here? Are they going to take... Uh, one arm Hansel Emanuel, who they offered like a year ago. No, I I, I do not think that they'll take. You gotta want, you gotta wonder, you, you you gotta wonder. And I know they had coaching staff turnovers, maybe that's part of it, but like you gotta wonder what some of these guys were doing. I mean, Landers Nolly, my friend, come back. What a Cincinnati. Uh, John Camden, you're not gonna start at Virginia Tech. What are we doing, my friend? Get out of here, make some threes. They need, yeah, they need, they need some wing help here. Again, you, you can reclassify one, take a transfer. I think they are one of the teams mentioned for Grandison. Let me confirm that. They, they are getting a visit, They're I think, for Kerwin Grandison. Walton. They are getting Kerwin Walton visit, yeah. Which, again, you know, whatever. Temper your expectations there, but like a, like a productive What they need player. next to Lomax and Davis, yeah, just right. fire it up. Could you do that? Could you do Emmanuel Acott? Manuel Aka will be guy. I, I I keep forgetting he's out there. <laughs> Just hanging out in the portal, man. Uh, I, I believe Dushan London from uh, 24/7 yeah. he wrote, wrote an article, article that, that was like, like Manuel Aka says he's deciding soon, but there was no schools. It was a useless list. Um, again, I mean, it, it is funny to think about, but like again, the if you were penciling it in without knowing where he came from originally, Memphis would be like an amazing fit for Monty Bates. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like former pro I mean we I think we said this a month ago. Like, you know, former pro coach, like, you know, good system, good fan base, NIL opportunities. Like those those are all the things like like someone who'd be willing to deal with the rodeo, like all those like make sense for Monty. Uh and also like they have an existing point guard, which is like an important thing for Monty given that the last experiment with him being a point guard was pretty bad. So 
Yeah, I mean, like, why not? But I don't, I don't, I don't foresee Amani Bates heading back to. He should go to Arizona. We didn't. He would be perfect there too. You go to Michigan. He could go to. Yeah. Yeah, the, Louisville. Uh, Louisville, yeah. She go to like some random high major. She should go to like, DePaul. It'd be fun. Just for the bit. Uh, how about a winner for you? Oregon getting Will Richardson back for a COVID year. Their backcourt is, is is super weird now, though. I so still have... I still think that I think I think Will, Will Richardson's been in the draft process like every year for the last like four years. It's like every offseason we're waiting on a Will Richardson decision. And they also got Quincy Gary back. Um, yes. But this backcourt of Bartholomew from, from Colorado, right, scoring guard. Cousinard from South Carolina, he is most certainly a scoring guard. And then Richardson, who's also a scoring guard. And um, Dior Johnson. Who didn't make U18? Uh, he, he, he didn't make the first cut. And Juco product Brennan Rigsby. And former Juco Rivaldo Sores, who played a lot last year. And they have Tyrone Williams, who has 25 a game in Juco. He's more like a wing, but 6-5. They got a lot of guards. Uh, this would, again, not be, a, not be a situation where anyone should be surprised if there's... Um, some movement here like they also have D- a gluttonous amount of centers dr johnson played at 10 high schools in four years so like if you were to flake and go to g league ignite would anyone be surprised no i mean this team has three former five-star centers plus gary a who could play this yeah five. they have no four men yeah one like i mean biddle was terrible last year like isaac johnson had him be in the rotation which Utah school did Isaac Johnson wind up at? I believe Utah State. I remember, yes, Utah State. I remember, like, when he hit the portal, like, you texted me, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, who, who do you think are fits? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's heading to the state of Utah. There's, there's, there's like, five options here. Utah yep. Tech, Southern Utah, Weber State, uh, Utah State, Utah, BYU. Those are Utah the, Valley. Those, and Utah Valley. Those are the options. Seven D1s. Um, but either way, it's not like Kel Aware is like really good. So he's, How he's the uh, opening night lineup for U18 for their exhibition game. I was very surprising. I don't know if you saw it. I did see it. Yes. So it was Mark Armstrong from Villanova was the one. Jared McCain from Duke at the two, uh, and then Eric Daly and Ty Rogers both starting, both like combo forwards. Um, and then Kello Ware at the five, head to Oregon. Who do you think starts for Oregon, Kello Ware or Dante? I'm thinking Ware. Where's like a projected potential top ten pick? I'm thinking that requires a starting spot. Again, I think the big question for me with this group is like, like you said, I mean the point guards, and also is this Tyrone Williams kid like a monster because he averaged 25 points a game in junior college. What that means, I have no idea. So, it's theoretically it's a like something thing with like Oregon that they just have like a weird fitting roster that's very yes. talented. Yeah, Will Richardson, Jermaine Cousinard, and Keyshawn Bartholomew alone is like a very good three-man backcourt on paper that I don't know how it fits. And then Gary A. and Kellen Ware. Like if we just said that's the group and we say Dior Johnson's like catching a flight to Walnut Creek, you'd be like, all right, whatever. That's a fine group. But Dior is also like a former five-star recruit and like has pedigree here. So we shall see. Talented group, like I said. This has nothing to do with the NBA draft, but what do you think of Seton Hall 
getting Casey and Defo. I know that you've been banging the Indefo drum for years. I mean, I've been watching him play since I was like a sophomore in college. It's crazy town. I mean, he's they a good have, player. I mean, they have nine veteran rotation players, like proven guys. I know. Because well, when I was mapping out their rotation like two, three weeks ago, I was like, yeah, it's a little thin. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, nah, Indefo. All right, we're good. I don't, I don't think he's a starter. You know, the only reason I think he would start would be like Shaheen favoritism towards like the defensive minded guy who understands the system. I'm going to get some physical. But I, I think I would have him behind like Yetin and Samuel. Again, I, I think the thing is he's a four. He's not a shooting four. And Jackson is a shooting four. Right. And so they, they, they complement each other well, but Yetin is also like there, right? Like. They have a they have like three four men who none of the, and Dre Davis like there's like this team has a glut of fours I don't really know what to do with them. Yetna Yetna should be a five because he takes like two ridiculous threes every game. <laughs> yes. And so then the could, one the one like, game that 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 he he played the five and Kevin Willard was all bent out of shape about it he had like a monster double double. But I think Yetna's gonna play the four. Nah, I disagree. I think I think they'll start with with Yetna as the sixth man. I think Jackson and Samuel start in the front court. And I think Yetna will play mostly five. Never, I still ne- I still never, not see never assume, play well at, um, Never assume that Shaheen Holloway will do something that favors shooting over defense. I mean the the, the Jackson Samuel front court is is very athletic and it's very big. I think Jackson's six nine and Samuel's like six ten. Yeah, that's true. They also got Abdu Enjai from Illinois State. They did. Yeah. Missed that one. I think that's more of like a hey, next year you can be the backup center. I'm on my depth chart as the thirteenth scholarship. Yeah. Um, there were no other like draft decisions of note from the Big East. Um, most of them were already kind of settled in. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of going through my my charts here and see if there's anything I particularly noteworthy that we should get to. Keon Auburn Brooks. Got Allen. Yeah. The up. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Keon Brooks to Washington. Talk about like an irrelevant transfer. Their uh, front court's pretty good. It's just the back court. It's just not doing it for me. Well, so it is very could, tall. They could start going. Noah Williams at the point, right? Like that's the yeah. question. Is Noah Williams starting at the point? Or are they playing this freshman Corin Johnson? No, I think it'll be Williams and Fuller in the backcourt, which like is cool Bajuma, for the zone because they're very tall. Right. And then that's like Bajuma, not, Brooks, Kepnon? I think Williams, Fuller, Bay, Brooks, Kepnon. Bay is not back. Bay is not back. Per Borzello's chart. We're getting this out of the way early this year. I know. Crazy town. Wait no, so 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 actually it might be back because Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Borzello's chart has Jamal Bay listed as both expected to part and expected to return. That's helpful. Right, he's back in. We'll put him back. We'll give him a shot. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, I mean if so then there I have him as two over then. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's a while. Riley Soren, I think, is technically a walk on. Oh, that would help. Which just puts him one over. Okay. So we just do PJ Noah Williams, PJ Fuller, Jamal Bay, Keon Brooks, and Kepnang. That's like a could be a tournament team on its its best day type of group. 
Would you, would you rather have this Washington team or Stanford? Uh, Washington, I think. I think I might, might rather have Stanford. I don't like Keon Brooks, but, you know. I'll buy a little Noah Williams resurgence stock. Um, this team do, does have a ton of length, though. They do. It, yeah. it really pops off the page. Yes. No, they've got they've got a good group. Uh, how about UCLA quickly with the loss of Jules Bernard to the pros? I thought that Jules looked good enough at the G League camp to just stay in. Like, he's graduated. He's done. He's played in the Final Four. Like, move on, buddy. Um they do have some spots. They could they could use a wing to help out, but they do still have Jalen Clark and David Singleton as veterans and a younger guy in Dylan Andrews who can play in the backcourt. So, you know, not necessarily like you got it. Jalen Clark was really good last year when he was thrust into situations like this. Um, it would just be nice to have some more veteran scoring, particularly with Amari Bailey, kind of the question mark around him. You know, he hasn't been really healthy late in his high school career. So he's like another guy who's him and him and George Johnson's rise is, have been somewhat, somewhat similar. And you know, they were all the rage as freshmen and sophomores. It just seems like it's been a little bit quieter lately. Um, I, I like the Bana front court with Hawkes. Don't love the backup situation with it being Kenny and Wuba and Mac Etienne, but. I don't know that they're really a, in a position to improve in that spot, but I think a, a team with pretty clear top 10 upside with, you know, Campbell, Bailey, Clark, Hawkes, and Bana with, you know, quality bench players, like top 50 recruits, like Andrews and McClendon and veterans like Singleton and Wuba. And they're in the mix for a guy like uh, Jacob Granison still. If uh, Bernard came back, this, this could be like a top five UCLA team. Mm-hmm. Bernard is, is legitimate, legitimately really good. Yes. And people wanted to focus on Juzang, but Bernard, especially the fit, you know, with a more traditional point guard in Campbell, you have more of a wild card freshman in Bailey, and these physical, versatile wings. Hotkeds with, with with the physicality, Clark with the athleticism. Singleton is a shooter. I think Bernard could have had a huge year scoring the ball. But fortunately, it is... It was not to be. Too bad. Again, he graduated. Time to move on. Get a job. Um, um how, how about how about Baba Miller? Yeah. This is this is one of the uh, rare ones where I, I actually heard about him a week before he committed. This was not out of the, you know this was not Henry. I Vizar. did see some tweets. Yeah, I did see some tweets. Um, so he was between the Zags and Florida State. He's going to Florida State. Probably I think his decision was made for Drew Tim, by Drew Timmy, to be honest. And John Butler. Yes, one team opened the spot, one team closed the spot. So, all right, go to Florida State. So you're thinking... I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a bench guy. Do you have Cameron Fletcher starting over him? No, I have Matthew Cleveland. The four. As a small ball four? Yeah, with Darren Green, Caleb Mills, and Jalen Worley in the backcourt. It doesn't seem very Leonard Hamilton. This is true. I don't really I think, feel good about anything I'm projecting with this whole rotation. It's all in the mess. They don't have centers. Baba's like a four. Baba can't shoot, but he's six foot ten, 180 pounds. He's not really a five. You know, isn't Cleveland's he supposed to be like Jonathan Isaac? Theoretically, yes. Isaac may have played the three for Florida State. I can't even remember. Um, but no, I, I I think it's certainly possible that Miller doesn't start because Hamilton does that with his guys and with his. Talented younger guys all like the time. It's like a two-year plan, like a Balsa Kabrivica. Um, and then and then Fletcher could start, but I, 
think Ganey as like a shot block and five man. I've got Nate McLeod in there at the five. Over. You know, Ganey doing the dirty work and McLeod is your typical seven foot three Florida State big. Yeah. Yeah, Green Green was a sneaky good pickup. I mean, a, a, a wing shooter like that next to talented talented scorer and Caleb Mills and a couple of potential breakout I think, guys. I think the upsides in, in Worley, right? I mean, Worley's got to be better than he was. He was really bad last year. Cleveland, I think, will be the be fine. He'll be a good player. Um, I mean, in, in, in the preseason, Cleveland was a lottery pick. Um, yeah. And a lot of times, those guys are giving up on too early. Yes, agreed. Uh, staying in the ACC quickly, uh, Turquavion Smith. Nice. Good, good to be back, sir. You know, score, take a lot of shots on a uh, pretty bad NC State team. Yeah, I still don't see them being very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder if it's a little bit like anchoring, right, of like last year not being not going well, because I do think like the starting lineup's okay. You know, like I don't, I don't quite understand the DJ Burns fit, but he's a good player situationally, if nothing else. Smith is good. Jarkel Joyner's a proven high major guy. Casey Marcel's you know, been around the block. Greg Gant is a high major player, I think. Eh? Are, you, are you that vehemently against him being a high major player? Not necessarily a high major starter. I mean, he can't player. shoot and he can't dribble, and he's coming off a season-ending injury. Eh, well, he looks the part. Jack Clark. I think I think this is again an IT team. It depends it, on how, how good you think Terquavion is. Like, I, I think Terquavion no, I think, would be like... I a, think this is the like, bottom of the ACC. I think Georgia Tech's at the bottom. I think Pitt could be at the bottom. I think NC State's Georgia Tech there. is going to be dreadful. Yeah. So, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech trotting out Davion Smith, Kyle Sturdivant, Debo Coleman, Javon Franklin, and Rodney Howard for Josh Pastor's last stand. Doesn't exactly sound, a, sound like a thrill. Um, Boston College could be down there, too. I mean, they, they're... BC low-key is running it back, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Right. Um, like I was trying to plug in all these freshmen. I was like, oh, no, no room in the rotation. We gotta, we gotta run it back with Jaden Zachary and TJ Bickerstaff. So, do you, um, do you throw the flag up when? I mean, LaSalle was an A10 team, but there are some mid mid major teams that are putting like all their transfers into high majors. You know, like is, is it a red flag that like LaSalle was horrible, and now Clifton Moore is on Providence and Jack Clark is on NC State, like? Do you think that means that we're overrating Clark and Moore? No, I don't. I mean, I think neither of those guys are being expected to be like the best player on the team. So I feel okay about that. Um, I don't think Jack Clark's very good. I think Clifton Moore is good. Um, I don't. I also think that like if you you can have two good players and still be like a not very good team. So there there's some like legit mid mid major teams that are in that boat. I can't think of them off the top of my head. I had them the other day. Yes. Um, um, one ACC decision before we continue our journey through college basketball um, was Nate Lashevsky uh, coming back officially to Notre Dame. This team is like very oddly constructed. I did not know offense. that. I did not know that Trey Works was back. Not um, offense. I mean, if a Lashevsky's seemingly playing the five full time. Um. And right. Yeah. You have no, they Jane have Goodwin no other and Cormac options, Ryan and yeah. a freshman point guard. I mean, it's going to be this. This is a bubble team to me at, at, at best. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not there on bubble. Like, I, I think Dane Goodwin's good, but like, I'm. I'm. Like, I, I don't want to just do the transaction game, but like, replacing Paul Atkinson and Blake Wesley with JJ Starling and Van Allen Lubin doesn't exactly feel like a fruitful enterprise. So. Yeah, everyone's losing their best player. I know, but like they're not. I, I just like, like who on this team is getting better. Like Trey Wirtz. He can get better. You're you're, you're stuck Wirtz, in this. Only Trey only Wirtz, sophomores can get better. Do we expect the big COVID year jump from Cormac Ryan? <laughs> Al Al Durham had a COVID year jump. Al Durham changed situations. And now Cormac Ryan's the full time starting power forward. Unless you count Dane Goodwin. I remember when Cormac Ryan was supposed to be Bryant McIntosh 2.0 at Northwestern. Now he's the starting power forward at Notre Dame. What a world. But, I mean, Starling, I think, was top 30 recruit. Ben Allen Lubin's top 80-ish, I think. And Dom Campbell's top 120. I mean, that's that's a decent shot in the arm. And then, and then Marcus Hammond was a solid transfer. As, as a sixth... Seventh man type, I think. I think this roster is okay. They're, they're just going to be so bad defensively. They're going to be like atrocious defensively. Yeah, no, they, they, they're not going to be. A, this is like Syracuse last year levels of bad. Um, you're an Albany guy. What's up with Jamel Horton? I'm going to say not an SEC player, but, like, yeah, he exists. You have four scholarships to fill. He's not a starter, but he's, like, a six-foot-three good defensive player. He, he's he's Jansy. Like, he he's the type of kid that, like, would have went to New Mexico State and been, like, all league there. Yeah, he's, so, he's, he's not starting over Shaquille Moore, Deshaun Davis, or DJ Jeffries. So. Um, or, or Mook Matthews, yeah. Mook Matthews? Cameron Matthews. You think they're starting four man? I think he's just starting three man. Is it DJ Jeffries the four? Yeah. And Tolu. Who do you got starting at the, at the three and the four? I had the inverse of you. I had DJ Jeffries at the three and Cameron Matthews at the four. Doesn't really matter. Um, all right. Well, um, another draft loser, team. UNLV. Donovan Williams, where, where are you where going? going? Yeah. It's just, he has shot the ball so well, I think he just... Felt like he had to go. Some guys don't view college as the destination, just to stop on the journey. Let's put it that way. And now all these defensive wings can all start together. I was gonna say, yeah, no, the, the 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 loser is the the eyes of the UNLE faithful. We're gonna watch a lot of bricks from Luis Rodriguez and uh, Elijah Harkless replacing Donovan Williams and well, because their team last year was all these like offensive wings. It's like oh, Michael Nuga. Bryce Hamilton. And yeah. Bryce Hamilton and Donovan Williams is like, all right, let's put some shots up, boys. Like Chad, uh, the, the Josh Baker kid from JUCO who ended up in Grand Canyon. Um, like their whole team was like, all right, let's 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 put them up, fellas. Uh, except for Royce Ham, the only David Roddy stopper in the Mountain West, by the way, Royce Ham. Um, Speaking of David Roddy, though, Keyshawn Hall is the the David Roddy archetype. I don't know if you've seen Keyshawn Hall play. He's I, a, I, I have no idea who Keyshawn Hall is. Three-star recruit that they just added. Providence has some interest in the fall. I UNLV think. added Keyshawn Hall? Yeah. Um, he had all, all high major interest in the fall that obviously fell through. Um, yes. 
But yeah, he he's like that big playmaking forward. Yeah. Du jour. So that's that's someone to watch for a couple of years. How about uh, Isaiah Mosley at Mizzou? We should hit that one. Yeah, Missouri just just keeps having guys. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot he, of he's definitely going to start. Do you? He's do the you best think player. Yeah. So ideally, um, him and Kobe Brown. You think Nick Honor and Mosley in the backcourt? Give you the scoring punch, and then you get like your versatile wings with Kobe Brown and Noah Carter, and then Diara as, as your defensive five man. I went Honor, Hodge, Mosley, Brown, Diara, and brought Carter off the bench. But yeah, same idea. I understandable. You could you could plug Sean East in there potentially. You could plug the freshman Aiden Shaw in there. Um, look, they I mean, have a lot of guys who should be playing that aren't. Gonna be playing. I, I will say this. I don't like Isaiah Mosley is a much better fit for somewhere like Mizzou or Mississippi State, which are the two finalists, where he will be the best player or certain or the number one focal point offensively than he would have been going to Kansas or going to Duke. Like look like you can look at and say, Oh, well, Isaiah Mosley's like a twenty point score on fifty, forty, ninety. Like, why isn't he doing the Antonio Reeves and going to Kentucky? Why isn't he going to Duke and plugging in as a starting two guard? Anton, yeah, uh, Isaiah Mosley is like a, like a terrible fit in that role. I, Isaiah Mosley is a bucket. Like that's all he is. He is one of the worst defenders in the Missouri Valley. Uh, he's not a guy that like you're running off of screens to get shots. Like he is a throwing the ball, clear out of the side, go get one type of dude. I think he's gonna go get a plenty, get plenty of them at Mizzou. Is it enough to make them like a good team? I don't know. I mean like. They were top 70 with him as the best player at uh, Missouri State. So, like, could Mizzou be top 70? Yeah, probably. They've got similar, probably better talent, similar to better talent than what Missouri State had. Uh, I don't think any one of these players is better than, other than maybe Kobe Brown is better than Gage Prim, but they got a bunch of dudes. So, I think it could work. I think it's a good move by Dennis, obviously, and it's a good move for for Isaiah. He's going to get his shots. He's going to, you know, score a bunch of points and go get a G League Elite camp invite next summer. Oh, did you see that Cassius McNeely has finally landed? Pittsburgh, baby. They still have one more. Could take uh, Sekou Sissoho Jawara, I think they're involved with. What's uh, his game like? A shooter. Play a little on the ball, a little off. I mean, I think Pitt, 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 Pitt has done like an admirable-ish job in the portal, considering their like limitation of, like, we're going to get fired and we probably don't have that much NIL. Uh, Georgetown, get, I think in the same situation did did much better i wouldn't say much i also think pitt at least has like an anchoring player in john hughley and now georgian has has, has brandon murray no but pitt, pitt started with one that's what i'm saying yeah like like we already know, and jamarius burton like they have two players better than anyone on georgetown's roster coming into the offseason that is true and they got Greg Elliott, proven high major starter, Blake Henson, proven high major starter, Nelly Cummings, starting point guard on an NCAA tournament team. Probably okay. And the Diaz, well, the, the Diaz twins, cool. Uh, you know, is it enough? No. Is it NIT? Yeah. Conceivably. No. No, no, no. It could be. John Hughley is legitimately good. I I don't think they're going to be that good because I don't think Jeff Cable can coach the way out of a paper bag. For me, it's it's not so much Pitt's roster. Is that, is that everyone else's roster? Why, why is this a better roster than Wake Forest? 
Why is this not a better roster than Wake Forest? Why is this not a better roster than Syracuse? Why is it not a better roster than Louisville? Well, Louisville's not done yet. Wake, Wake Forest I can give you. NC State I can give you. Boston College, Georgia Tech, I can give you all those. Syracuse? I don't think they're going to be great, but I mean, Jesse Edwards is very good. They have a ton is of talent. Is Jesse Edwards better than John Hughley? No, not as an overall player, but Edwards is a better rim protector, better anchor. But would you take Nellie Cummings, Jamarius Burden, Greg Elliott, and Blake Henson over Joe Girard, Judah Mintz, Chris Bunch, and Benny Williams? I think this is I a would useless take, debate, but yes. I think they're 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 pretty close, but the Syracuse group has more upside, I think. And Jim Beheim's better than Jeff Cable. But like if you're talking ACC, right? You're saying No, I'm I could talk I could I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do this, but like I could look at Pitt like hard enough and say that they're like ninth in the ACC. Like eighth or ninth, like Clemson. Are, are they better than Dylan Hunter, Brevin Galloway, Chase Hunter, Hunter Tyson, and PJ Hall? They could be. I think if Clemson's a Clemson get, floor, but. if a Clemson gets a better point guard, then they could be NIT. What point guard are they getting? There was one I had in mind for them. That I was saying it should go to either them or Iowa, but I can't remember who it was. Um, no, but I—I I mean, how many? Like, like the ACC is still going to be the, the the fifth best league next year. And you look at—I mean, between Duke, UNC, Virginia, Miami, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, I think all those teams are are, are clearly better. Let me just pull up the other ACC teams. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just saying, like, Pitt theoretically is five competent high major starters. They've got a couple of upside swings with the Diaz's. And, uh, you know, there are worse things out there than what they have, is what I'll just say. And then we can close out our debate about Pitt, because I just don't think, like, anyone gives a damn. Sorry, Tristan. Oh, uh, last, last second... Grayson Murphy and Nick Mazinski leaving Belmont as they go to the Valley. I think we knew that was kind of a thing. I I certainly didn't. Yeah, well, you're you're not you're not up to date on the day to day Belmont yeah, I don't, operation. I don't care about Belmont. The win twenty. I may have cared if they had Grayson Murphy and Nick Mazinski, but I certainly don't care now. Losing Will 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 Richard too. Um, yes. Well, how about Tyler Burton's going back to Richmond? Good for him. He should have should have come over to Providence. Now they gotta gotta make a push for fourth in the Atlantic Ten with Neil Quinn. The boys. Oh, um, we we skipped over URI. Got Anthony Harris. Do you, do you think that that moves any sort of A10 needle? I haven't like done my depth charts yet for URI. I still think like on paper this is probably like a worse team than UMass. It's probably like a bottom half ish team, but I don't think the talent gap is like that big, and I think. With a lot of these teams in the middle, it's all about like click and coaching is a part of that, obviously. Like, like you could talk me into George May. Like, like pure talent-wise, 
definitely more talented than URI. Right. Mason's more talented than URI. Shit, Mason's probably more talented than Loyola Chicago. Top 100 recruit, star player who'd play anywhere, ticket. Like, they have dudes. Um, But Loyola's got, you know, Phil Alston and Sheldon Edwards coming in and Bryce Golden and Braden Norris back at point guard and Keith Kennedy. Like, they've got a good group. Richmond is Tyler Burton back, like we said. Um, UMass has all these guards, um, plus Matt Cross. And you know, they, they've got some interesting pieces for year one under Frank. And I mean, the, the middle of this A-10 could be quite the monster. I'm very much looking forward to having the A-10 in Chicago this year. It's going to be great. I'm going to watch some great college basketball. And we completely buried the lead on this podcast. Oh, Jesus. What do we do? Jaden Jones is staying in the draft. Oh, two points yeah. a game, not even in the rotation. He said, you know what? I think I'm ready. I'm pretty Jake, tall. Jake Weingarten said he's having great workouts. Great workouts. A lot of great feedback. His, his whole thing is, I'm pretty tall. And I could shoot, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> and play he was a reclassified guy. Yeah, mid-year. Yeah. Um. Adam Flagler back at Baylor, no surprise. TCU got Damian Baugh back. TCU has had two this offseason at different times. Say that they're 100% gone, and then like a week and a half later, like retrace their steps. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I I forgot that I'm like the 175th player on everyone's big board. So they've got a, people need to tone down all these running backs. Indiana and TCU are the two that I like, like pointed out the most. And people say Indiana brings in the five stars. Like, I don't really care. Um, Jalen Hutchifino is not a good shooter, and their weakness was shooting last year. Like, let's like, think about it. Like, like, I've seen way too early top 25s with, like, TCU at 10. We got to relax here, folks. I mean, it's it's one game, right? It, for Creighton, it was Creighton and Kansas. For Creighton, held strong right. without but their without their Creighton's two best upside. players. Creighton's all upside with a freshman. TCU's TCU like, is all, right. all about that Arizona game. Right. People, like, figured – no one knew who Eddie Lemkin was, and he, like, kind of kicked – Coloco's ass and people are like ah, Eddie Lampkin's like great. Eh, relax, people. This is a good group, right? Without question, but this is not a top ten team. Part most of it is like they're not built like like roster wise. Like their their whole like thing is we don't give a shit that we don't take care of the ball. We can't shoot, but we're tough as shit. We rebound. Like we're gonna defend. We're gonna get to the basket. Like that's not like a recipe. And Indiana is like somewhat similar. Like no shooting, turnover issues, whatever. Those things don't get fixed overnight. Like like TCU didn't do anything to address those those concerns. Um, they're they're gonna run back the same group and be this have the same strengths, the same weaknesses, and no, they're not gonna be a bubble team. It's better than a bubble team. Be a disappointment they are. But like, if you have them like top fifteen right now, that's just because you don't want you don't want to roll the dice. Like someone like they're going to be fifteen teams better than TCU. You're just not willing to guess who they are. So you're just saying they're gonna run them back and stick them ten. You know. How about your uh, Washington State Cougars with getting the international guy du jour, male Himon Crespin? Hear nice anything though. from your well-embedded moles up there in, 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 in Pullman about this new, I think he's French, French center? I uh, can't say that I have too strong a well-embedded mole up in uh... – did you actually go there last year? I did not go to Pullman. That would been a ridiculous thing to ask my editor. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to spend like fifteen hundred dollars to fly, drive, and like cross, you know, cross mountains to go uh, 
to go to the wheat fields and talk to people about uh talk to people about Washington State basketball. They'd be like, what? they'd be like, you're fired on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea if this kid's any good. Um, my thought process would be that this is not a good indicator for them getting um, guards. Well, for them getting Muhammad Gay back because they're still in the mix theoretically. I think they are in the mix for Justin Powell. That'd be perfect. Perfect. I mean, I don't know. If it, I mean, I could, you could argue he should go higher, but that would be kind of like a perfect big analytics roll the dice. I'm good with that. They've got the kid, Adrame Diong. Um, this Mael Hamon Crespin kid played at the same uh, like academy as Victor Wembanyama. So maybe there's some some interest there. Um, oh, uh, do do you know the teams in the mix for Mahama Gay? Uh, I do not have a whole list. I have but who who are some the, of the names that, that you've seen floated? The I've one not seen I, the one I have that I've heard is the Florida Gators having some interest in Mr. Gay. I want him to go to Marquette. Yeah, it would, that'd be fine. No objections to that. Um, or or uh, Maryland. Yeah, it, we lost F.A. Abigidi. I know. Unbelievable. To the G. Ignite. Ignite. Think, of, think about how far D.J. Ignite has fallen. DJ, well, I mean, uh, people are, are Julie, falling Julie, over themselves for Scoot Anderson. Yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to be drafted like third, not draft. What's if I could get like right if I could get like plus three hundred odds right now on Nick Smith getting drafted over Scoot, I would take them. What's what's the ignite team right now? Is you got Scoot, you have Abigidi at the one and the five, and then who's t- two through four? I don't know. Maybe Dior Johnson. Yeah. I will say this: Ignite went from signing like Jalen Green and Scoot Henderson and like those guys to. Uh, Outbidding Maryland for F. Abigidi, who averaged nine points a game in Washington State in two years. Um, I am kind of curious, like Amani Bates. Like I, I, I don't think we should rule out Ignite for him still. Like I, I think that's a possibility. Um, that would obviously make some sense. So the biggest concern with him at Ignite is like, are they too good? You know, like like what if he's not good in that setting? Like like Jaden Hardy fell. Like guys have fallen, you can afford it. Like he's already done the fall. Like he can't, he can't like get further exposed. That would be a bad thing. So, but I mean, they've they've done some nice reclamation project with like Marshawn Beauchamp. Yeah, that. I don't know how much of a reclamation project that wasn't more of like somewhere he had to play. Like he had to play somewhere. Right. That that was like, would a, he have a, been that no matter what? I think There's when no. when Beauchamp committed to Ignite, I think we probably spoke about it similar to when that. Similar to the impact of them getting Abigidi, right? Or like, I thought he was going to be a yeah, good college basketball player, there. but I don't know about NBA prospect. When he comes in, he's going to be definitely drafted. Dyson Daniels has had a huge bump. Hardy has slipped because he's a shocker. Yeah, big time slip. Oh, a Fanbo Zhang might be back for next year. Or Ignite. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Like a two-year trip to Ignite. In the scoop. Anything, uh, and, then, uh, and then people are trying to pump up Michael Foster, but I don't think that's going to happen. I thought he looked good at Combine Week. I don't think he's you know, that good. but His whole thing is he has no feel. It's like you don't want someone in the second round like that. But. 
That's true. Um, and then overtime elite is in, in, in a bad spot right now. They're not in a bad spot, Brad. Uh, Jeremy Wu just had Gene Montero at 57th in his monster. They're, they're not in a bad spot. They have good players coming in the pipeline. Bryson Warren, Nas Cunningham. They now have the opportunity to make guy, have guys only get compensated for NIL, which means it can just be like a elite high school for the kids that want it to be so they can get elite players. Um without rolling the dice that they're losing their college eligibility. Uh, they got Don Barlow drafted. Um, oh, we don't know that yet. Okay. Well, they got Don Barlow two-way, nothing else. That's like a good, that's a win. Cook Yat, I assume is, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but he jumped really high. I don't think, I don't think Gene Montero is the, now again, if it becomes a pattern, like if Jay-Z and Gortman falls, look, like Gene Montero, I think I think you're overrating how much of a certainty that Gene Montero was to be like a high draft pick. Like it's a year out. Why did everyone have the lottery the preseason? Because no one knew which guards would be good, and teams had heard that Gene Montero was good. I just don't, I, I think you're like overrating the certainty with which like an international prospect who people hadn't really scouted was to be a first round pick. People seem to be enamored with the Thompson twins for next year. Oh no, they're really freaking good. That's the other thing. They're both going to be lottery picks. So you're buying your OTE stock and you're selling your G League Ignite stock? I mean, I think they can work in tandem, but I think, like, yes. I, I think OTE is, like, a viable – is, like, a current, like, viable system alternative, and I'm not sure, like, Ignite has actually proven that it is. We will see. OTE's whole thing, though, was supposed to be, like, big into social media. And, like, they don't have that many. I think they have fewer followers than uh, you do. You should start your own basketball league. Yeah. Like, Ignite. uh, What was I going to say? Overtime Elite has 10,000 Twitter followers. (laughs) No, I I don't have Instagram, but I'm sure they have one. The the CB Central Podcast MTE, Brad. Let's do it. Barstool's got one. People in, in, in the in the re- replies were not happy. Oh yeah. About the bar stool. You want to get people pissed off on Twitter? You start talking about bar stool. People get really angry. Which I think if you lined up the sponsors for all the current MTEs, you, you might find a couple that. Uh, yeah. Would uh, turn turn your head. <laughs> I know when 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 bar stool did the college football one. I saw people had the same reaction, and one of the Barstool guys was like, Lockheed Martin has pull. Making <laughs> <laughs> like, like weapons of mass destruction. That was a good take. I don't uh, know which anything anything else to hit on, Brad? Um, what are you watching on TV? So, still watching Money Heist? I am. I actually just wrapped it up yesterday, so I got to start something new. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just started Mad Men. Oh, interesting. He's excellent. I've heard it's good. I watched some. Uh, I've been watching some some college baseball, college softball this weekend. Going out, seeing people, hanging out, dude, living the life, man, living the Chicago city life. Going out to, going out, going out to the bar, hanging out with people, you know. Oh, I should have, I should have led with this. Oh boy. I got an email for my anniversary of downloading the Chipotle app. 
I'm in the top 0.5% of all Chipotle customers. Holy shit, look at you go. So from May 31st, how, 2021. How regular, how regular a Chipotle eater would you say you are? Already? So from May 31st, 2021 to May 31st, 2022, I went 138 times. So you're doing like once every th- three days, give or take? Like, yeah, like once every two and a half days. It's impressive stuff, my man. And just getting that email just makes makes me want to go more. It's like the Spotify wrapped, you know? Yeah. Man. You're you're way outpacing me. I'm like I'm like a I'm like a t- three times a month Chipotle guy. I was telling people this weekend and someone was like, um my uh friend was like, Tell tell them about your uh, Chipotle accomplishments and the person was like, I have a Chipotle gift card and I'm like that's cute. I went 138 okay. times. And Brad's like, if I had a gift card, it wouldn't last long because I go there every other day. They don't last long. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> I don't think I go to any restaurant. 100 and... We used to joke when my, in my college town, like there was like four restaurants me and my my old roommate would go to. Like we, we went to the Chinese place, went to get deep dish. The um, college town of Chicago only has four restaurants? No, 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 no. no. Evanston. It's a suburb. Brad. and so we were we didn't have cars until senior year so like junior year when we would go out to eat before coronavirus uh you know there was basically like the restaurants we liked going to there's there there was like a chinese place we went to a pizza place uh and then we would go to this like korean barbecue chicken place but then we started going to like more sit down places once like covid like faded now we have a few we have like a bigger rotation we have like six or seven in the rotation in evanston now obviously now that i live in chicago he lives in evanston we can like go to chicago spots we can like order uber eats like we're we're, we're we've really widened the, the variety here but anyone ever needs a restaurant accommodation for the great city of chicago Illinois, let me know we we did a really pitiful job of trying new places in providence in college which is like the same places over and over well that's the, that's the hard thing you know it's good yeah. you don't want to spend a ton of money you know it's good you can just click it in all right, folks. We'll spare you all. At least we'll spare you all any more food takes. Sorry if we missed anyone. I know it's been two weeks. So there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, <clears throat> we've got probably ten guys left that matter, and uh, we'll keep you updated on those and get some top twenty-fives out to you. Appreciate you listening.